Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. This is Aaron Mansfield, and I'm joined today in the studio with my co-host Morgan McClure. We back, everybody. And Stephen Vaughn. Shalom. And today we are looking at what is coming up this season. We're going to find out what's been happening with each of us over the break, and uh, we have a very special guest we want to introduce to you who will be joining the Where We Land team this season, so we hope you stick around for the whole episode today. Guys, I am so glad to be back here recording with you guys for season two. Can you believe we're on the outset of recording for season two? It has been too long. I missed this little studio. Oh, man, I tell you, we took like a about a four-week break, five-week break in between um, seasons. I, I'm actually just surprised we're at season two. <laughs> <You know? Like laughs> oh, Aaron, where's your favorite? I mean, all, all the people who are still listening with us, you know, we're, we're thankful that you're here. And uh, But it's been awesome to see. Um, just what's happened over the first season. I, I don't think we expected... I don't know. Maybe, maybe we did, but I mean, to be. To Am I the only optimist in the group that I was hoping that this would carry on to a second season? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Aaron is like he's very pragmatist. He's realist. He's a realist. I'm a pragmatist, and you're an optimist. So hey, you gotta have you gotta have a good. There's balance, one in the group, right? but Morgan's optimistic. So <laughs> you're thinking there'll be a season three, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm hoping so. Yeah. No, we're, we're gonna be like NCIS and have like thirty seasons. Hey, you know, <laughs> that'd be a great thirty seasons. Well, it's exciting to be back because um, there's been, man, a lot happening in between a season break. You know, we, we, we felt like um, about 10 episodes was a good uh, cut. And this season, actually, we're going to kind of have a little bit more of a themed approach to what season two is going to be. Uh, but man, there's been a lot happening among the three of us just in those few weeks. Uh, Morgan got uh, another job or a, another uh place that she's serving and working at. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I got a new job and my new title is a refugee women integration specialist with Commonwealth Catholic Charities. It's the place where I completed my internships for my undergrad and I loved it. And then the Lord just opened up a spot for me to go back with my coworkers that I met last year. Um, I just love them and I'll be working with um, specifically refugee women and girls to help them overcome their specific barriers when it comes to resettlement and adjusting to new culture. So right now it's kind of slow because Corona is still happening, but I'm excited. I'm doing lots of research planning for the program. So I am super pumped about it. And so like in a role like that, you're working kind of one-on-one, right? With yeah, refugees who are it, coming into the country? So I'm not exactly sure what it will look like as far as like group size, if I will be one-on-one, but I am working in providing direct services. And so we have it set up where there's some cool workshops that we can do with the Afghan teens and then um, young moms, like new mothers, um, and uh, especially uh, trying to encourage women to join the workforce. So this is a really exciting thing for me. It's something that I love and I'm passionate about. And um, I'm just, I'm stoked to really get started with it. So you mentioned barriers. Mm -hmm. Like what are some barriers for refugees as they settle here? Because I think some people, they instantly think of like, well, you know, you're helping refugees settle. So like you're really just sharing the gospel with them, you know, or Mm -hmm. something like that. Like, but what is your daily kind of 
job look like with some of those barriers? Well, yeah, especially specifically for women. A lot of the cultures that they come from, um, the men really take the lead in there, the heads of the family, um, and they are the ones who work, they provide, they even do a lot of the one-on-one with case management, going through all their appointments and getting all their new documents and everything settled. And the women really are expected to stay home and raise their children. Um, They're not usually as proficient in English when they come. So this is, uh, they face a lot of language barriers. They face a lot of um, barriers due to the expectations from their home country, but also just everything is so, so different from their home countries and cultures that they come from. So, um, and you have to think about childcare because, you know, if two parents are now working, who's taking care of their kids? And and childcare is probably one of the biggest barriers that they have into um, just getting used to this new way of doing things in America. I mean, it's interesting because um, even though it's Commonwealth Catholic Charities, um, we are a nonprofit that works largely with the government. So not really, we don't touch the religion, so to speak. So So that's more of a personal thing that you can do in your personal relationships with people you work with or things like that on a personal level that Mm -hmm. you build. But it's not necessarily a job mandated thing like right. many people might think, because mm-hmm. I think when people, people who go to church, they hear refugee, they instantly think of like, oh, you know, like, you know, I don't know what they think of. But when I hear right. it, what do you, you know, think? I'm thinking of, yeah, well, I'm just hearing Stephen say that. What do you think are like a lot of misconceptions that people have uh, about refugees and, and mm-hmm. that type of like um the role that you're kind of stepping into. I mean, but as you just kind of think, I think there's so many misunderstandings based off of what is shared on, you know, media and places, you know, so like if you just had like, Hey, like one minute to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to kind of correct this. This is a big misconception that people have. What would you say that is? Uh, Number one thing is refugees are not people who come here illegally. They are a protected status and they were forced to flee their country. If they could have stayed, they would have. And most, and the goal of refugee resettlement is to eventually settle them back in their home country. So mm. that's the biggest mis- if that's the biggest misconception well, that's so I could true. dispel. that's so true. I think that's probably very misunderstood. And, and, and these are people who their whole lives have been upended and they're uprooted and now suddenly they're trying to be in a new place, understand a new culture and but really they all they want is better lives for themselves and really for their children. They're thinking so much about their future and they just want to live in safety and in peace. And so if we are able to do that in America, then I, you know, I want to be a part of that and helping them feel like it is safe to just be again. Yeah. You know? I, I think there's no question. I think people who know you would instantly see your passion that you have for that. And I think it's awesome that God opened it up to where you're still staying here and serving yeah. at the church. Yeah, it's uh, wild. Uh, part-time. We're, we're really excited <laughs> about that. She's not, she's not leaving us yet. Yes. But uh, she is able to step into this kind of new role for this season. So uh, we're excited to hear more about it, I think, in the days ahead, yeah. how that goes. And Stephen, you've had a busy uh, few weeks here as everything's kicked exciting, back man. up yes. uh, with seminary, right? So Yeah, so um, we stopped recording. I mean, I think the season ended back in summer in the summer. So right around all that same time, we were doing our um, camps for juniors and for our teenagers. And so we actually, because of um, some of the things due to the virus and stuff, some of the restrictions, we actually had to kind of run our own thing for the teenagers and do all the screening to make sure everybody was healthy and then make a family unit, you know, so that was exciting. And that was a different, different than any other summer I've been a part of. And then with our juniors, it was actually, they went during the days, they weren't allowed to stay at night. Uh, they went during the days and then I had the opportunity to speak at Camp Eagle for that. And so that was like back to back. And then I think it was like two days and then you had your 
your baby, and so which yeah, we're Jessica, about to talk Jessica about. Well, yeah, but I was there. I mean, <laughs> you I, all, I can't either. take any credit for that. I've <laughs> y'all realized she baby. was the one who went through all of that. Yeah, not, not she, me. I was the assistant. She had that. the baby, and you assisted. <laughs> there you go. But um, but that was right after that. And so then for the next three weeks, me and Morgan kind of tried to keep the ship. Uh, going in the right direction and moving forward. And then seminary started up right at the very end of August. And this year's a little different. Uh, Normally I'd be going full time. And so I'd be taking uh, three classes minimum per semester for grant requirements. But this fall I was actually able to take kind of a little... You did a wise move, I think, actually. Really? Um, (laughs) What you're going to be... Just because of uh, preparing for the last final push, I'll Mm -hmm. have two full semesters after... um, this semester. And so I, I'm only taking one class, but the one class is Hebrew, um, of all, <laughs> of all classes to take. Right. And so I found out that I really appreciate Greek at a new level now <laughs> for, uh, for how much easier it is. And I never thought I would say that, but like, yeah. I was, so for the listener, people who maybe haven't taken a biblical language like that, what, what would you say is so different about Hebrew that just, so it's like, it's like you are in Greek and there's so much structure and there's so many things you have to memorize and rules and endings. And it's almost kind of like, it reminds you of kind of is, like... Going, Greek is very well put together. Oh, yeah. Dude. Very well it's put It's kind together. of like you think of like as a kind of like this English properness almost, you know? And then imagine somebody living in like old England with all the like really famous things and really proper things and kings and queens. And then you transplant that person and put them in the Wild West. And Hebrew reminds me of that because, yeah, it does have some rules and, yeah, it's easier. But there's a lot of things where you're it's just very like, fluid. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I found out that in like the early, early ancient Hebrew, they technically didn't really even have vowels because it was understood and they didn't need to. So they just understood where it was and the words all run together. So they just knew where to put it. But then vowels were something they came up with after. So vowels are actually not actual letters. They're actually symbols that are placed under or on top of the letter, and you have to know how to pronounce and where it goes because of dots. And I was like, yeah, dashes and dots. All that's right. what they say. I was about like, Hebrew. all right, well, this is exciting. So that's been exciting. So that's kind of been what I've uh, been doing. And then I'm kind of just quietly uh, preparing for hunting season over here in the background <laughs> and uh, living our best life. Me and Emily are living our best life. So how about you, though, man? You had a new addition to your family. Yeah, that's a new person. Been awesome. Life has totally changed. It has changed. It has changed. You know, sleepless nights and, and all the above. But man, we've we have just loved it. I think. Um, you know, I think, you know, you, you kind of set up an expectation for yourself of like, oh, what this is going to be like, you know, and I've realized like fatherhood is nothing what I kind of envisioned it would be. And it's and it's really awesome. I think uh, uh, Jessica and I are really enjoying uh, just 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 enjoying uh, her. And it's been great. Jessica has been able to be home for a while uh, with her. And that's been really cool, too. So. It's a positive that you enjoy it. You kind of can't return once you. Uh, <laughs> it's not like uh, we can Excuse take this Excuse me, I'd back. like to exchange. So that's a positive. I mean, that's, that's a positive that you <laughs> that enjoy is, it. That is so true. We're so glad that you enjoy your baby. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. She's she's great. I tell you what, if we were to think about this, I, I, um, what's something that you guys have been reading or listening to uh, since we took a season break? Any? Ooh. What's the newest? You know. Um, well, I, over this, over the course of the summer, which was when we were kind of winding down, I began a 90 day Bible reading plan, which has turned into like 115 days, but I'm almost done. <laughs> which is great. You're, which has you're been incredible just to read through the Bible so quickly, which I had never done. So this morning I ended at Titus. And so I'm really 
getting to the end. You're near the home stretch. Mm-hmm. And then podcasts, I listen to podcasts like crazy. So I just have a new appreciation for them too. And I just recently discovered one called Cultish. And a little shout out to Cultish. You guys are amazing. Keep doing what you do. But um, have you guys noticed like since coronavirus, like everybody's starting a podcast Mm now? Yeah, well, I will say these these guys started in 2018. Yes, they're ahead of the curve. They are. They're ahead of the curve. But But it it was, I was like, man, the last like two months, it's like all these new podcasts Mm -hmm. are coming, which is cool. It's a new platform that people are getting into and exploring that. Stephen, what about you? What's something you've been reading? Yeah, so um, I would say as far as uh, reading, Morgan actually inspired me to do my own 90-day plan that I've just started recently. And so a little bit of staff encouragement there. Um, So I kind of picked that up for my personal devotion time where I wanted to do that because I've read through the Bible, but I don't know. I thought back through my life and I was like, have I ever pushed it into like a short time span. I don't know if I have. So I'm really excited about that. And then also I would, we, me and uh, one of our teenagers have been working through um, gospel by JD Greer and I had read it before, but working back through it has been kind of uh, re-encouraging to really work through some of the basics of just like what does it mean to live a gospel-centered, Christ-centered life, you know? And uh, that's been good. And then I'm trying to start a book, and I forgot the exact title, but it's by Daniel Henderson talking about a huh. life of renewal. Huh. And I'm really excited about that. Um, I've, I've gotten like three pages into it. And uh, with Hebrew, I haven't really been able to focus a lot. So, but that's kind of the three pages were great. They they were really good. (laughs) Like they were solid. (laughs) But um, Hebrew has kind of put a damper on some of the uh, personal reading that is not um, that is not for specific (laughs) things for a little bit. But um, I remember what in seminary it was like as soon as you go into seminary mode, everything like shifts into coursework, Mm -hmm. and then like coming off of seminary on a break or something, it's like oh, I have all this time to read what I want to read or like. I'm sure my brother-in-law is going through that because he started his first semester. Yes, he's experiencing that. I've been going through recently, I just finished the two volumes by Tozer, The Attributes of God. And I tell you, that is such a tremendous work that he, you know, I came away from going through that. um, And I had read it, I think, a little bit before, but I had never like gone through it all. I came away from that with just an appreciation of a greater depth uh, for 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 theology, for mm-hmm. for knowing God and having that uh, relationship with Christ be so formative in in how we relate to other people. I mean, I think how we view life is so tied. Uh, to our perspective of of who is God and how do we understand who He is and understand um, just Him in a personal uh, way. So um, that's cool. I, I, let's take a segue here, just a minute here, and let's think about this. If if, if folks are listening to this um, and they're new to where we land, Morgan, how would you describe this podcast to them? What is something that they should expect? Uh, for the season. Yeah, yeah. So our little tagline is a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. And um, this is this is a, a platform where we discuss issues that are, are relevant to those who belong to the body of Christ, to the culture that we are in, and the issues that we find ourselves in, and and how does how does Christ want us to, to view it all, and, and where do we find our center in all of that? And specifically, you know, um, uh, in the season, we're going to talk about the church uh, and just like, what is the church? And I know we're going to get into that a little bit later, but um, it's just a place where we bring people to think about things that maybe they've just kind of 
known and but haven't really needed to think about before because it's just been so natural to them and just in their habit and tradition. But yeah, because we talked about that in the past. I mean, so much I think of how people approach topics today is based on um, either the upbringing that they had or their Mm -hmm. just gut response uh, to an issue. Or to the things that they see other people. It's very experiential. Very very experiential and very reactionary, I think. Mm -hmm. And there's an apathy today in the church and an ignorance in the church today that, you know, we're not going deep on issues. We want to have a surface level um, approach to things. And, and, you know, we we talk about like in our day, everybody seems to be an expert. I mean, especially when you jump on like a social media platform. It's just like everything is, um, everybody is, you know, making these judgment calls. And I, and I think what, what is so needed today is for us to go back to scripture and let the Bible and truth, uh, form our opinions and Mm -hmm. form how we think about things. And, um, and also I, I think adding to like, it's also pushing, the limits of what we've experienced. You kind of alluded to that, but like one thing that we really would like to do on this podcast is to be very biblical, but to be so biblical that it's, we're not allowing personal things to necessarily dictate where the direction goes, you know? And so like, you might listen to this podcast and you might hear something and you're like, Hmm, well, I would encourage you to think about it first mm-hmm. before instantly just being like, nah, you know, that's not right. Yeah. Because what I found in my life, even through some of the things on the podcast is it's challenged me to, to actually dig a little bit deeper and be like, is this a personal thing that I have come up with? Or is this directly from the Bible? Yeah. Can I go to the Bible, correctly interpret the passage and then take the truth from that passage? Or am I going to the Bible and looking at it and being like, oh, that's what it means. And putting my truth or my definition, quote unquote, into the passage. Because mm-hmm. that's what you don't want to do. Right. And I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to really push the limits of of people on both sides of an issue to really think, am I approaching this in a biblical mm-hmm. manner? Yeah. And not telling people what to think, but how to think. That's one of my favorite things that we have pressed on in this podcast. Yeah. So I think we want to bring up issues that are broader than how we tend to think about them. And mm-hmm. I think even having three perspectives on the podcast helps us with that to, you know, think about things in a little bit of a different light. You know, as we're going to think about our season, what is the church? Um, what do you think is... Um, what are, we, what are we going to talk about? I mean, what is going to be season two? What, it, what, what, what should people expect uh, from that type of a topic? Yeah, so I think you can expect looking into God's Word and really seeing what His foundational institution for this time is supposed to be about. Uh, I think of Timothy when it says um, that it is the um, it is the foundation of truth, right? And how his church is supposed to be like almost this herald of truth and this place that keeps and holds truth and is really how God works <laughs> in the world today, right? He works through um, his human instruments. And so I think during this season, we're going to explore a lot of different things. So we're going to talk about like how churches are governed, mm-hmm. how churches are supposed to act. Like what makes a church a church? Yeah. Like how is it different um, than like a group that meets at Starbucks yeah, for Bible study? Yeah. Like, is, is that a, a church? Is a, is a Bible study a church now? Like, cause I think there's so many misconceptions in our modern era of TV preachers, TV church, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff that we're, we kind of get away from. What does the Bible say church is? Not mm-hmm. what does Facebook say or what does Google say? 
What does the Bible say a church is? And what does the Bible say about how a church is supposed to act? Mm-hmm. And I think we even discussed it earlier. Who, who they're to be. Who they're to yeah, be, yeah. right? I think that's the real question is who are they Who are they to be? And I think, honestly, some of Corona and COVID has really caused people to ask these questions. So oh, definitely. I think they're asking the question without even having to ask it. I they mean, are. Exactly. Like, like, like questions what, about... Why do I actually have to gather? Sure. Right. I can watch TV church now. I can sit at home, right? And I'm not attacking anyone who has a personal belief that they need to be a little bit more distanced right now. That's between you and God. But what I am saying is if we're not careful, we can get so comfortable on the couch at home that we can start to talk ourselves into, well, there's not really that big of a need together. Mm-hmm. Or like, I think, I think the reason why so many have become comfortable with that is because there's been a lack of understanding biblical truth yeah. about why you can't do that. Exactly. Or I mean, and, and, and I understand circumstances um, are, are different for certain people. I mean, you know, we're not, this is not just a blanket statement, but mm-hmm. exactly. you look at the church, the church gathered. I mean, you look in the book of Acts, the church gathered, the Holy Spirit did things in the church mm-hmm. when the church gathered. Yeah. And so I think, you know, in our day of, you know, this awesome thing of technology has also created some challenges for mm-hmm. the church to actually, you know, think through. And then now with the circumstance with COVID and the things that are being um, put upon the church, you know, there's there there's now questions that we as the church um, are, are having to answer in our mm-hmm. lifetime that maybe we have not had to think about uh, before, yeah. at least in the Western culture uh, before now. Yeah, because like even even for those who are gathering from home, because I, I know people like in our church who they have had to be out, whether it's for a health reason or a family reason, but they have still faithfully gathered, you know, like they've faithfully kept up with what's going on, involved, all that kind of stuff of they're involved. But like, even there you have questions that, I mean, we'll probably explore some of this later on in the season, but like, how do you observe communion when you're distanced out? You know, like that's just a natural question, like Mm -hmm. things like that. Like how do, how how does that work? You know? And so I think that there's even questions like that that have spun off from other questions because of COVID. And I think COVID has actually been a good thing in a sense because it's forcing us to really hammer out some of these things and to really refocus on some of these things, some things that may have been taken for granted just because mm-hmm. we got in such a groove and we're actually having to go back and think, oh, okay, let's let's actually look at this and think about this. You yeah, know? or even, I mean, I think about myself and then the, the church that all three of us serve at, when we had to buckle down and suddenly we weren't meeting and we had to redo all of our, the way we were doing services and things, it this this season of COVID really even exposed some of my misconceptions that I had about like about church and, and why we do it, and it really is so much more than just a ritual gathering on Sunday or you know being in a building. It just like allowed me to expand and like look back in the Bible and see like this is why the church is so you know important, and these are all the things that do make it what it is. So it's a living organism. Yes. The church is people and it's comprised of people and it's a living organism. And I think if we think about it as like, well, it's a building, you know, well, if you, if you look at churches that thought that the church was a building, they're probably struggling during this time. And, and I think that that's an indictment. And I don't think that that's wrong to say of like, if you view it as like a place or you view it as a thing that you go to, 
that's a problem. And it's and really you're easy to not go struggle. back to it. But yeah, I think it the is. pendulum, here's the trouble though. I think the pendulum swings in such a perspective that it says, oh, well, the church is not a building, the church is people. But then you go back to Acts and you forget, well, hold on, the church as people did gather at a place. Yes. And there was purpose behind <laughs> yes. the and gathering. So just because they were not maybe in a certain building or whatever, yes. the church still gathered in a place. But I and think, there was a... I think that that's evident. I think just like how our church, during how we responded during some of the time. And I mean... By no means are we the um, <laughs> fix-all, end-all. But, like, we did gather in a place, but the place had to change, you know? And, like, we gathered up at the new property. And I think I, I think that sometimes you're, you're right. You're either on one extreme. You're either on the extreme of, I go to church, right? Which is bad language. It's horrible language. We need to throw all that <laughs> language out, right? Uh, I'm going to gather as the church. Um, or you can be on the other side of what you're saying. It's just like, oh, well... I'm part of the church, man. I'm going to tune in on Sunday and I'm a part of the church. In my jammies on my couch. Yeah, I'm going to tune in. And so I think that you're right. There is, there's two extremes. And what we're saying is we want to be somewhere in the middle. Well, I think we want to go back to scripture, yeah. right? Yeah. So we want to go back to like, I think over the season as we're walking through what is the church, we're going to take different topics, you know, uh, belief and mm-hmm. what is the nature of the church and ordinances and, and things that you're describing. And, you know, we're going to take all of these and we're going to go back to scripture and we're going to see, okay, well, how was that formed uh, in scripture? How did God lay that out uh, in his blueprint for uh, the church? And I think it's going to bring up some really cool discussion because I think it's going to give opportunity uh, to talk about things. You know, there is a, um, I think there's a reaction today against a depth of scripture. Oh, for sure. Um, You know, I think, can you all, can we talk about this for a minute? Because there's such Mm a emphasis today where when we talk about theology, when the word theology People get or scared. doctrine is brought up, instantly it's like... In the church you're talking about, you know, I'm talking about in the, the church. church. No, I'm talking mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. When the words theology and doctrine are brought up, I get the sense today that there's like this... Um, pushback against that of like, oh, that's a little too deep for me. That's a little too much for me. Yeah. But but why do you think there's such a misconception of biblical doctrine and theology? Well, I think one reason is because um, we don't want to jump to legalism because, you know, people are, I guess, afraid of looking too much at making it, um, you know, too much of a religion, you know, because the phrase I hear all the time, which has, you know, partial good truth in it, is it like, oh, following Christ is not about a religion. It's about a relationship. So sometimes when you bring up the words of theology or doctrine, people are like, oh, that's cramping my relationship with Jesus, you know, but I'm like, well, the, the authority we... <laughs> and deity of Jesus, like that's doctrine. We have to know these things. It's okay to laugh, you guys. You can laugh at me. Um, no, I'm laughing at what you said. <laughs> it's it's so true, though, because pe- people are, people are so scared of it because they don't understand what it is. Yeah. And like my question, my mm-hmm. question for people like that is, I I would have two questions. Are you correctly defining what doctrine and theology is? That's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. And Different if you terms. are. If you are correctly defining what doctrine and theology is and you're still timid about it, do you have a relationship with Christ? And that's like really, I know that the PU, like, <laughs> you're like, whoa. But like, seriously, doctrine and theology is the, it's the foundation of my relationship with Christ. I can't be re- in, a re- in a relationship with someone if I don't know them. Uh, and doctrine yeah. and theology. Well, theology is, is just an understanding of, it's of who of is God. God, who is God. And how does that relationship, how does that truth about who God is, his person and work and 
and just his nature, how does that impact my life? Mm-hmm. And how does how do I see that worked out in how I make choices in life? And then I would think doctrine is God's truth and is the truth Teaching, of his word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's his word. It's it's mm-hmm. it's what he says. Yeah. And so somehow we've 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 in the American culture today have defined Jesus in a certain parameter that is completely divorced him from who he is. Mm-hmm. So it's like a relationship with Jesus. And you know, you'll hear sometimes people say, um, oh, oh, we don't need to think about theology or doctrine. Jesus is enough. Or or Jesus is sufficient. What does that mean? But if you don't it know. sounds well, you know, uh-huh. on the outset, everybody's like, Oh, I don't want to disagree with that. I mean, I, of course Jesus is enough. Of course Jesus is sufficient. But when you ask, but when you begin to ask the question, well, what about Jesus is enough? Right? You've just entered into theology. You've just entered into doctrine. Well, if, that that and <laughs> be careful how I word this, but like, who is Yahweh in the Bible? Is Jesus Yahweh? Yes. But it's also God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, and sometimes I think in our Christian culture, we become so Jesus-obsessed <laughs> that we divorce Jesus from the Trinity. And it's like, yes, Jesus is a part of the Trinity, and yes, Jesus is God, and yes, Christ is sh- sufficient. But forgetting <laughs> God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, Excuse Yahweh me. is comprised of those three yeah. persons, those three people. And that is God, mm-hmm. God the himself, the Godhead. Yeah. And that is who we serve. Mm-hmm. That is who saved us. And it was through the son. Yes. But by no means can we divorce the son from the Trinity. And I think that that's a theological discussion that some people are either unwilling to have or that they're too nervous to have. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you're divorcing Jesus from God, the father and God, the Holy spirit, well, you're not technically, technically, you're not serving Yahweh because Yahweh is those three. Yeah, and I think ahead, I think Lauren. there's another there's another aspect in the polar opposite of the hesitancy to touch on theology and doctrine. There's also those in the church um, where it's just doctrine a, doctrine has become God. And it's become a heady pursuit mm-hmm. of yes, just well, understanding it exactly. Rightly. And and the most important thing is having right doctrine and right theology and and pers- the highest pursuit to those who have it as the heady pursuit is like the be all end all is knowing all about it, you know, instead of knowing who it is. Knowing him. Every question must be answered. It must fit in my theological box Mm -hmm. and I must be able to answer any question at any time. And there's no mystery there. And the Bible is also what we want to push back against the hesitancy and also because my, my understanding of truth, the truth of God's word, when I understand rightly God's word and when I understand rightly who he is, theology. Mm -hmm. It should drive me into a deeper relationship with him. It should stir up more of my affections to love him. And and so I think what we want to do over the season is we want to talk about what is the church, but we don't want to talk about it just in academic terms. We don't Mm -hmm. want to talk about it uh, in, in that type of a way. I think we're asking the question is who is the church and we're mm-hmm. we're defining what that looks like because how how we understand who we are in Christ will um, shape some of our behavior. And I, you know, we, we talked, I think it was last season. I can't remember what, where we talked about this. Maybe we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but you know, as we think about so many different denominations and so many different, uh, expressions of Christianity today. And you know, something that's been in my mind as I've been thinking about it recently is like, if God's word is our standard and we rightly divide truth and scripture correctly, then our our level of disagreement should be much more minimal mm-hmm. than it is. 
And I think we've we've so read into Scripture our preferences and our personal interpretations, our applications, that we've failed just to come to an understanding of, well, what is God saying, who He is? And, and um, so, you know, theology and truth should drive us uh, into a deeper relationship with Him. And, you know, one thing in my own personal life just over the last few weeks that I've been challenging myself with is this understanding that, you know, Jesus uh, calls us into a relationship with Him and then into a relationship with one another. And there is a depth to growing as a Christian. I mean, we don't stay babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not meant to stay as infants. I mean, this is this is a thought that's hit me a lot with a new baby. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm excited to have her right now, but I don't want her to be in diapers the whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, God, God, God wants us to mature and to grow and to deepen in our faith. And so it's to deepen in our understanding of who he is. And uh, this growth, this depth uh, should be something we're pursuing as, yeah. as followers of Christ. All right, well, let's just kind of segue here as we kind of wrap up uh, this episode, because we have a special guest uh, that we want to introduce to the listeners uh, for this season, and uh, that is Andrew Patzel. Hey, uh, Andrew. Hey, guys. How's it going? And uh, Andrew is serving as our production editor uh, for this season, so we're excited to have him a part of the podcast team. And uh, Andrew, you're new to everybody, so why don't you take a minute and just kind of introduce yourself to the listener? Um, I'm a 17-year-old senior at a local high school, and I've been attending this church a while and have started taking a more active role, especially in the technology side of things. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Andrew's been a part of our church for a good while, uh, actually the church where we all serve on staff, and, um, but we're excited to have him a part of the podcast. Yeah, so Andrew, tell us a little bit more about, um, you said you're a senior in high school, so what are some of your future prospects? Like, what do you want to do when you get out of high school? Um, as of now, I'm looking at going to a four-year college. The two I've been looking at are Liberty University and Ooh. Southeastern Theological Seminary. Hey, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> what? We got a plug for both of them, yes. right? Because I'm a that's Liberty That's true. Hey, all of us have been to one of those yeah. I am currently yeah. at Southeastern. Uh, that is your... Um, uh, your what would you alma mater? I was yeah. going to call you your alumnus, but you are an alumnus. I at am your an alma mater. <laughs> so there you alumnus. go. Yeah. Yes. But that's awesome, Andrew. So what are you what are you looking to do uh, when you graduate next year? Um, and then after once I get out of college, which I'll do after high school, um, I'm looking at either missions work or vocational ministry. Yeah, oh, man, nice. that's awesome. Wonderful. That's awesome. Sweet. Um, so what is I'm just going to ask a random question. Okay. So they were like super serious and like super uh, intense. I'm just going to be like kind of uh, more relaxed. Uh, what's something that you enjoy doing just um, like on your free time? Like what do you enjoy doing with your life? Um, something I really enjoy doing in my free time is just spending time in nature, whether it be hiking or just kind of sitting outdoors. Ooh, favorite trail to hike? Um, I really don't hike trails that often. More just Ooh, like. Okay. You just like go in the woods. Yeah. Traipse around. It's kind of like a mountain man. <laughs> it's kind of the, the ch- Andrew in the wild. Chuck Norris trainee. <laughs> well, it's awesome to have Andrew join us uh, for this season. So you probably won't hear his voice a lot, but he's going to be uh, real influential and in editing for us. And so we're thrilled uh, to have him a part of the team. Well, listen, uh, we're going to kind of wrap up this episode and we hope you join us for the whole season of What is the Church? Mm-hmm. 
Thank you for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Listen, if there's anything you've heard us talk about on the show today that you'd like to know more about, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your thoughts, questions, and feedback by sending us an email at podcast at wherewelandland.org. On our next episode, we'll be launching into our second season of What is the Church? So we hope you join us there next time.